Uppercut Podcast, we are back. It's just me and Jeff for the night. Max is out on leave. I think he's in class or maybe sick again. Or tried to record last night and had a lot of technical difficulties. So we're Dude, back the tonight. The fucking internet were going ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we're all our internet was fucking absolutely awful. So we're back tonight. One short, but back for the weekly episode. Let's talk about <clears throat> the topic of the week. It's not the fight night that's going on in austin it's not brendan allen who just came off a huge win the topic of the week mma guru (laughs) exposes ian gary and his (laughs) wife for being an alleged wag jeff give us your thoughts and comments dude i ain't gonna hold you i don't even know where to start where to even what to even think about this because first off i don't even know what that fucking british bullshit is dude (laughs) <laughs> you start bringing in British slang terms, brother. I don't fucking know. Now I'm real fucking confused. <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah, it's not looking good for our guy, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, too, I wasn't... I, he's a fantastic fighter, but I haven't really been a fan of him as a person the last year before this anyways. Like, his shit talk was kind of matched his personality somewhat, but he kind of lost me when he started copying McGregor verbatim. That was kind of corny as fuck. And I just don't know how you go about your MMA career while, like, there's so much time he's got to be training and so much time when she has to be alone with her ex-husband. I don't know how that doesn't drive you into a fucking <laughs> a mental hell, dude. How are yeah. you not mentally in prison every day? Yeah, that's ridiculous. At least we know he didn't get herpes from Hezbollah now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, did he take out all that pent-up aggression on poor Neil? A poor veteran at that? Neil Magny? I mean, come the fuck on, man. Yeah, Stay tuned. Please keep checking MMA Guru's videos because I have been. He has released some great videos. There's another guy, too, but I can't remember what his channel is. Released some great videos. Update on Ian Gary. We'll see if his career plummets. Great, interesting headline, the UFC. Let's talk about an actual contender and an actual fight that happened this past week. Uh, we had Brendan Allen defeat Paul Craig. Brendan Allen has sneakily become my favorite to be the heir to the throne for this division. I think there's been a lot of talks about Hamzat because him now probably officially being a middleweight. Pereira came in like a fucking like lightning in a bottle, beat Izzy, but now he's kind of gone. Izzy said he's gone until 2027. I know that was probably a joke, but who knows when he comes back. I think the true heir to the throne has been under our nose the whole time. In the fucking gutter, dude, for the last two, three years, grinding. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I don't know if it's the fact that they're skinny, fat white boys, but it's giving me real fucking like... It, it, like, I'm feeling like it's, like, real Tom Aspinall-esque, his rise right now. Like, he's coming back from, like, a big... I mean, I guess Tom Aspinall, he didn't really have the losses that... What you call it had... That Brendan Allen had, but... Dude, Brendan Allen, like, got thrown into deep end. He had to overcome this big adversity. And now, he ever since then, he's just on fire. Yeah, let's talk about some of his notable wins, too. Carl Roberson, who at the time of 2021 was expected to be a pretty hot prospect, then he goes back and beats Punahele Soriano. In 2021, Punahele was supposed to be kind of what Brandon Allen is right now. 
Like, I think guys thought he was going to be the big brawler who takes over the middleweight division. Sam Alvey, not much to say about that. Jacob Malkoon, <laughs> okay. But then he beats Chris. What do you mean? Sam Alvey's the most impressive one on anyone. <laughs> you beat Sam Alvey, you're, you might as well get... It's like fucking fighting Nate Diaz. Or... <laughs> in our title fight. Yeah. So, let's talk about the four wins in a row, though. We had Jaco, that's a big win. Andre Muniz, huge win that a lot of people thought he was going to lose. Bruno Silva win, and now Paul Craig win. And let's talk about the how they're four straight subs at that. He does nothing but finish these guys. He had – so significant strikes for Paul Craig ended up being 32-6. to six. That's about, what, a 26-strike differential during the fight. And he manhandled a light heavyweight. I mean, this yeah. guy is – And, like, that's another big part is he manhandles these guys. Like you said, it's been a whole bunch of subs. But then you look at the numbers, and this motherfucker's swinging. Yeah, he's Pause. he's one on the feet. Let me see. In all of his last six wins, but one, and the one he got outstruck by Muniz by one, which he won the fight anyway. So he's yeah. outstriking his opponents. He's manhandling his opponents. What did you think about him manhandling a guy who normally fights at light heavyweight and Paul Craig? Like, where does this where does this have Brendan Dude. Allen standing at right now? I think the sky's the limit for fucking Brendan Allen. Seriously, I mean, I don't think his stock has ever been higher. No, and I think I think he could seriously be the heir to the throne for the middleweight because the middleweight's kind of been like, you know, Izzy was kind of stale. Now Strickland's up there, but Strickland's going to be fighting Father Time. He's thirty-two, going on thirty-three, so he's not going to last forever. Um, Brendan Allen comes in this week after Tuesday, ranked number eight. All the guys in front of him, with the exception of Vittori, are more on the decline than the incline. I mean, if he can win the title, say, within two years, maybe, that would be, like, 29. There's no reason he couldn't fit, like, five or six title defenses in there, in my opinion. Yeah, seriously. He he could be one of the better champions we've had in a while for this division. Yeah, and, and, like, I think he still needs to get one more big win. I keep seeing Vittori thrown around as an option because I don't think Vittori has a fight scheduled. And uh, if he gets one more like that, I would, and he say he finishes Vittori, I would probably favor him against everyone outside of probably Izzy and Strickland right now with one more big win. Like, yeah. There's not, not many guys I wouldn't favor him against. Hamza, we'll see what happens. You know, he throws out jokes that he's going to fight late heavyweight. He's going to fight middleweight. I don't know. So, yeah. God knows who knows. He's fighting that. Yeah. I saw he threw out jokes that he wants to fight Alex Pereira. So obviously that'd be a weight class up. Who fucking knows, but kudos to Brendan Allen. I'm really enjoying watching his rise. I'm really enjoying that all three of us, Max included, have been big fans of his for, I think, since really we started the podcast, and it's all paying off for him. I really like Brendan Allen going forward. Now, let's talk about the fights coming up this week in our picks. UFC Austin, Benil Dariush taking on Armin Sarukian. Benil Dariush, 22-5-1, Armin Sarukian, 23-0. Benil Dariush, 34 years old, 5'8", with a 72-inch reach. Armin Sarukian, 27 years old, 5'6", with a 72-and-a-half-inch reach. Um, I am taking Armin Sarukian to grind this out in the late rounds. I really think his cardio and his chin is going to be tested. But hold up. I think he's going to set a pace that's going to be maybe a little too much for Darius. And I, I just think he's a ball of fire right now hitting Darius, who is a, is a great fighter, but... I'm just not sure where Darius is at this point in his career. It's going to be interesting to see if this Oliveira loss derails him or not. Who are you taking? Yeah, 
how's it going, Darius? And then I saw this bullshit that Sarukian and his team's trying to fuck with Bobby Green. So now I'm really rocking with fucking Darius. I hope he knocks fucking Sarukian's fucking noggin off. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm waiting for the MMA on that. math fucking, it lines up with Darius. I think Sarukian puts his fucking chin out there a little too much. I, Darius has hands of fucking steel. I I I I don't see him not getting called honestly. And I I think you'll agree with this from everything you just said. Like outside of the obvious Islam Olives Gaethje, I think Darius is the guy out of like the top ten who you don't want to fight. Yeah, like, other than Bobby Green. <laughs> like he's the guy you want to skip to get a title fight. Like I don't I don't know why you would ever ask to fight Benil Darius. Now, what do you think about the late rounds? Do you think Armin can win the late rounds? Do you think Darius has the edge in the late rounds? Or where are you leaning on that? If it hits round four to five. Who do you think who do you think comes out on top in the championship rounds? All right, sir. <laughs> right. I was me. just curious. No, no, right, I wasn't trying to me. I wasn't trying to get you. I was just curious who you thought. Because it could end before that. But I'm really high on Armin Sarukian. I think he can get a win here. And then maybe Gaethje gets his shot after Charles and Islam and then Sarukian's up next. So I'm really high yeah, on Sarukian. Right. Go ahead, Jeff. Fucking Benil has hasn't even been to a fourth round before. No, I didn't think so. And so I'm I'm high on Armin, dude. I have a lot of hope that he can be the one to dethrone Islam because I'm going to pick with my heart when I pick Olives against Islam, but I don't honestly think he can probably beat him. And I think by the time Gaethje fights, he might be a little too old. So I'm confident that this can be the guy to dethrone him. I'm riding Armin here. Let's talk about the co-main event. Jalen Turner coming in at 13-7-0, fighting Bobby King Green. 31-14-1, Jalen Turner is 28 years old, six foot two at... 77-inch reach is fucking ginormous for this division. Bobby Green's 37, 5'8", with a 71-inch reach. Uh, I wanted to talk about, before we talk about the actual fight itself, uh, how much of an effect do you think the weight cut is going to have on Jalen Turner? Do you think he's going to look like a fucking zombie going in there? Oh, yeah. It's going to have a huge fucking effect. Like, do you think the effect to where he looks like he's dead on the scales? I mean, I think yeah, I think the official number only was eight time days. will tell. I think only time will tell. Uh, but that is definitely the biggest thing I'm looking forward to going into this fight. Yeah, I, I would not ever bet on this fight until you watch the the scales, dude. Until you watch the fucking weigh-ins, because that's a huge weight cut to make on time. We're talking about a six foot two guy cutting the one fifty five. I think they officially said it's been eight days since he got offered. So. We'll see. I know he did say he wanted to fight in, I, th- I believe he said January, so maybe he was already fight ready, but I'm not really sure. Granted, the weight cut goes well, though. I am riding Jalen Turner really heavy here. Bobby Green oh. fights <laughs> Bobby Green <laughs> fights uh, way too hands down for me to pick him against a guy with a six-inch longer reach and way fucking taller and way younger and just way more explosive at this point in his career. Now, if Jalen Turner looks dead on the scales, could he get chinned by Bobby? Possibly because Dan Hooker had a big reach disadvantage and found his way into Jalen Turner. Pause. But I don't know if Bobby Green is Dan Hooker right now. I'm going to take Jalen Turner. Who are you taking? I hate it. I have to take Jalen Turner. I, I, mean, I know you want to take the king so fucking bad. Dude. 
do I? Fucking do I? I mean, I probably will still bet on Bobby King Green, but fucking shit. I need to, I, I, I need to step it up on my record on here. Try and give the people good picks. I, I can't go around saying Bobby Green's for sure going to win this because I don't think he's for sure going to win this. Unless fucking Jalen Turner looks like fucking half a fucking dehydrated dog turd on that scale tomorrow. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't see Bobby's getting pulling it off. Would you advise people to put in a bet on Bobby Green if he looks dead tomorrow? Jalen Turner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Would you would you take it by finish or you think they're going to the judges? After that Grant Dawson fight, dude, you might as well sprinkle on Bobby by knockout. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. I would really stay tuned for this will be out tomorrow, so at the afternoon of the dropping of this podcast and just stay tuned see what Jalen Turner looks like before you make bets, people. Please spend your money wisely. Next fight we got on the card, Bantamweight match. Bantamweight debut for Davison Figueredo coming off his quadrilogy, fighting Brandon Moreno four fucking times at 21-3-1, fighting Rob Font at 27-0. This, there's a couple fights in this card that are wildly interesting, dude. They're like splitting hairs. I think this, the main event in the Sean Brady card, or the Sean Brady fight, are extremely hard to call because while I think Font is going to be bigger and his striking's definitely a little cleaner in Figueredo's. There's just something that's just screaming to me that Figgy's going to pull this fucking fight out. I mean, he is a, like, whether it's a weight class down or not, he was a dominant champ. And for him to fight someone in Rob Font who hasn't even reached, like, the number one contender spot for Bantamweight yet, there's something in me that's screaming, bet Figueredo, take Figgy, I think I'm going to take him. I think he's got the winner's DNA, and I think Rob Font will make this fight super tough and interesting and pepper Figueredo a few times. But Moreno's got that equalizer that he can lay on Font at any time. I don't think Font has that, and I think Figueredo has the ability to take it to the ground. Jefferson, are you taking the Boston boy or are you taking Figgy? Dude. Ah. Yeah, this one really is fucking splitting hairs. Like, I feel like the biggest, this is the great test to see if fucking Figgy can't, like, this is the perfect fucking introduction to the weight, I feel like, for Figgy. Because the big thing that that Figgy's going to rely on is, it's that fucking power. Is his power still, is it going to translate a weight up? And we know Rob Font's going to put it out there for him, pause, but... I, I just, I, I don't, I can't go against Rob Fine. I just, I, I don't see Figgy, he's, I feel like he's too small. He already looks fucking tiny. I feel like he's, even though it's not that much of a size advantage, is it, for Fine? No, because Figgy was a pretty huge fucking uh, flyweight. So, I think he's yeah. got, let's see, he's got three inches of height and th- about three inches of reach advantage. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's enough to make a difference, at least. Especially in this, I feel like it's going to be a pure boxing match. I think it's, it's going to go fine way. Yeah, and I think, too, now that you mentioned it, the uh, big body difference of font will help him in guarding takedowns, too. So if Figgy wants to use that as some kind of leverage yeah. point to maybe gain some ground in the fight, it might not go as well now that he's a weight class up. 
But wildly interesting fight. I'm actually happy to see Figgy fight again. I'm happy to see him fight someone who's not Marino. This next guy, dude. I got to see something. I got to fucking see something out of Sean Brady, Jeff. I got to see something, dude. Coming in at 15-0, takes a bad loss to Bilal Muhammad, which is is not the worst loss. Bilal's looking to be a number one contender. Taking on Kelvin Gaslam. I think this is his first welterweight fight since like 2017. It's been a long time since he's fought at welterweight. Sean Brady's coming in at 5'8", 170, 72-inch reach. Kelvin Gaslam, 5'8", 170, 71.5-inch reach. Kind of weird that Sean Brady, in his natural weight class, has a longer reach than some guys coming down a weight. But Kelvin Gaslam's fought welterweight before. Um, I think Gaslam is better in about every facet outside of the wrestling. And I'm really scared for Brady because the way that he lost to Bilal was so deflating. Oh it, yeah. It was like, it was, it, if he just would have lost fair and square is one thing in a war, I wouldn't be as upset, but the way he lost and kind of just buckled to, you know, old pillow hands. Bilal. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it was deflating to me, dude. I need to see this. Be, and Calvin Gossam gets in these type of fights where they're wars. I need to see this shit become a war, and I need to see Sean Brady at least make it close, at least maybe take one of the three rounds or two and win. I need to see some resilience. I need to see a fucking war. Jeff, are you taking Brady? Of course I'm fucking taking Brady. Does Bear shit in woods, Mike? Of yeah. course I'm fucking taking Brady. I mean... I- I can't go against him, but just like you said, that fucking loss left such a bad taste in my mouth. I, 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 I don't know, like what else to go off of. Seriously, because it's literally we haven't seen him since. He's just got to bounce back. Yeah, and I'm just hoping that was a one-off. And it's it's just crazy how a loss like that in the eyes of guys like us who just watch the UFC all the time, like it can erase a 15 and 0 record because that yeah. one. That one sitting there is like a fucking sword. Yeah. Like like I just said, I don't know what to go off of because that's all I can think of. Me too. Like just him buckling to Bilal. I think that could have been a one-off though. I think he could have had an injury or something could have been going on because I, I know. I'm not going to say I think. I know Brady's got that fucking dog in him. And I'm hoping he brings it this fight. I'm hoping this shit becomes an all-out bloody war and Brady can come out on top. But Kelvin Gaslam is going to be a very tough test. Gaslam's definitely a better striker. He has the ability to block takedowns. And he is supremely skilled, just like everyone knows. He just always has problems with keeping, like, like supreme fighter shape and keeping his cardio up. But otherwise, he's a fantastic fighter. It's going to be a tough test for Brady, but I think he can come out on top. Let's talk about a guy who I cannot believe he's still fighting. 41 years old, Clay Guida, 5'6", 70-inch reach, taking on Joaquin Silva, 5'7", 69-inch reach. Jeff, <laughs> let me know what you're thinking here, dude. Who are you taking? Dude. Not a fucking chance I take Blake Rita. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, brother. But he's old as dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's my analysis. Yeah, and I think there's spur of the moment things where he doesn't look old. But they're not, they've also, I think people look past that in the last like two, three years, most of them have also been against older guys. Like when he's fought yeah. young guys, it has never, it hasn't really went his way. So I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Silva's just by far the better striker. 
Guido was never really necessarily known for his striking anyways as it is. And his tenacity can make him prevail against a guy like Scott Holtzman. It's not going to have him prevail against a guy like Joaquin Silva. I'm not even quite sure why he's taking this fight unless he just truly loves fighting, which I'm sure he does. Um, it's going to be sad to see a legend lose again, but I just think it's going to go from 38 and 20, 38 and 21. Just think that's where we're going to be headed. But you also, you think this is why they, uh, what you call it? Announced the Jim Miller fight around the time of 300, and he's probably not going to be on 300. Yeah, that's I think what this I was, was thinking, the so. potential matchup, and they kind of got something in got got something in their head that Clay might be might not be around after this one. I know it's, it's sad. It, to say. it would honestly be kind of disappointing to me to see him retire on a fucking fight night. I would like to at least see it on a pay per view, big pay per view, a big standing ovation. Oh yeah, I'm sure been perfect. I'm sure Austin will have a lot of people there still. Still, the comedians and shit are moving there. It's a little bustling city, but I would have rather seen a pay per view for Guida if he retires. Who knows if he does? He might never retire. (laughs) Yeah, uh, who fucking knows, dude? Last but not least, let's talk about the Amish smoking big doints in Amish. (laughs) Dustin Stolfus coming in at. 14 and 5, 6 foot, 185, 70 inch reach, fighting Punahele Soriano, 5 foot 9, 185, 72 and a half inch reach. Jeff, are you rocking with Stolfus and the Stolfus Farms? Or are you taking Punahele Soriano? Fucking, I really want to say fucking, it's been good for the fucking old, old fucking Pennsylvania Dutch <laughs> fucking <laughs> Stolfus, <laughs> but. Ick has not been good. <laughs> Ick, Ick has been terrible. Ick been garbage, dude. Stolfus. I don't know how to call him, brother. I mean, he's a great wrestler. He fucking slammed Joe Pfeiffer's arm out of his fucking thing. <laughs> out of his socket. And he body slammed the dude on freaking right in the middle of the ring. But as of late. <laughs> God. Nine good. Nine good. Yeah. Neat so good, dude. He's been fucking he's been awful and he's pretty fucking slow. Actually, not pretty fucking slow. He's very fucking slow. <laughs> Hate to say it about my Dutch Wonderland boy, but I don't think he has a shot. I, I honestly say. don't either. I think he should be like a plus four hundred. Anyone who mixes it up decent. And has any type of ground game, I feel like old Stoltz Hoots is fucking Stoltz Coop. <laughs> no, I agree completely. I think this this stylistically, I think, is a terrible matchup for Stoltz Hoots. Punahele can block takedowns. He can spark you at any given moment. I think the thing Stoltz Hoots has on guys is the same thing that, um, not Jake Matthews, but uh, who's the guy from Tennessee you always say sounds like fucking Paul Wall? What? Oh, <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> What's his name? Is it Nate Landover? Yes, yes, it yes, is. yeah. He, I think Stolfus has what Nate Landover has. Like, if he can't like out energy you and tenacity you, he really can't beat you. And I don't think Soriano is the guy to do that against. Like, yeah. if this was a lesser opponent, I think he could win. But being that it's Punahele Soriano, I don't believe that to be the case. I'm gonna take the Dutch Wonderland brother to lose here as well. And that's going to wrap up the card. Do you have any thoughts on anything that's been going on in the UFC besides Ian Gary? Any uh, any lock of the <laughs> no. nights? Any lock of the nights or anything? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, of course, have to give out a fucking lock of night. And that's going to be fucking... But Neil forgot to say this earlier. My bad. Completely fucking... <laughs> All good. Split my brain. I was forgot to start it off. Yeah, the lock of night fucking... But Neil Darius... Straight I, up? I, I think he's... that. Yeah, I can't... I Come on. You, don't, don't, don't tempt me into doing that. You know how it goes when I fucking add a little, <laughs> add a little fucking cheddar to it. It fucked me up. Just yeah, a little Darius zest. Straight. Yeah. Darius. Start biting off a little more than I can chew. Darius straight. I'm going to do uh, NyQuil Fight of Night, which I have not done in a long time. Is Mine's going to be Turner and Bobby Green. I don't yeah. think that reaches the judges by any means. Someone's going to go down. Um. I really, 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 dude, I hope we can see Sean Brady in some kind of war and come out on top. That's going to be like, I think, honestly, it's going to be my watch of the night. I'm going to be glued to the TV when they fight. Yeah, I mean, I think I always am when Sean Brady fights. Yeah, I I really like to fuck, see him Fuck, I hope back. he wins. <laughs> fuck. Me too, dude. Well, stay updated with us, guys. We have Song vs. Gutierrez next week, which is actually a pretty good fight night, too. There's... That now has Anthony Smith, Roundtree, Jun Young Park, Sumaderji, Nascimento. Actually, they've been making a lot of these ones towards the end of the... Oh, Tatsuro Tyra, too. They've been making a lot of these ones towards the end of the year actually pretty fucking good. So we're going to be reviewing, previewing all of them. Max will be back. Jeff's giving out more crazy picks that are going to start hitting again, especially when the new year comes. 2024 is our year, baby. Oh, dude, 2024, I'm not missing a fucking lot. <laughs> This dude's going it down. Kobe year? Are you kidding me? Not missing a lot. <laughs> He's going 36 and 0 and lock of the night. Dude, no doubt. I'm dropping 81 fucking lock lock of the nights for fucking two. <laughs> dude, all <laughs> you have to do. I think I'm gonna I had a couple two first. I think all you have to do is drop the fucking parlays out of them, and you would hit a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, dude, my percentage would be nuts if I fucking <laughs> I had no strings attached to somebody. I actually think starting the new year, we need to just restart your lock of the night count. Mm-hmm. We started at zero. Hey, hey, y'all said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. Stay tuned.